Well, Merry Chris Kwanzaa, friends. It's Christmas. It is. Merry Christmas. Oh, you filthy. What, I can't say Merry Christmas? You spent the month of December shitting on my personal beliefs. Yeah, it's a wonderful time of year. Oh. But this is our very first Scatcast Christmas collection. Holodom. Now, don't be a Baham cunt, Steve. Baham, go fuck your face. All right, well, we consider this episode 50.5. Math dumb. And it was made for people that are stuck someplace for Christmas that they don't want to be. Like me being here? This show was definitely not made for you. No. But we have our three Christmas nurse fairy rhymes that we made this year. Terrible. There's the ambling through religious history about Jesus' birthday. Oh, you filthy. Plus this week's Time Traveling Jesus. You're playing repeats. It's a collection. Lazy. It's a bonus episode, Steve. Of not new things. There is a Santa Claus crime fighter that if you're not on the Patreon is on here and you get to hear. Crap. Whatever. There's tons of stuff from Scatcast. I've also got some clips from the dipshit files. There's some David Angus stuff. I can't believe you have me working on Christmas. It's for the scat sack, Steve. They might be stranded somewhere. So what, you want to drive them crazy while they're isolated? I mean, episode 50.5. Go. <laughs> Oh, get your fucking skitscats. Let's start with one of the mini skitscats inside the Inside Scooper, the Patreon-only show every Monday. Ugh. It's an exclusive for my bosses, but my bosses don't mind sharing during Christmas. Yikes. Santa Claus, crime fighter, engage. Santa Claus is coming to town to bring the baddies down. Who the fear, the bringer of cheer, cause Santa's making his rounds. All the boys and girls will hear the bells of Santa's sleigh. The Santa Claus is coming to town to bring the naughty pain. This week on Santa Claus Crime Fighter, we find ourselves in Gotham City. Batman's showing Santa Claus how to not kill the bad guy. That's a secret to Santa's red suit. The red hides the blood. <laughs> what are we doing out here, Batman? There's bad guys doing bad guy shit out here. Can you sense it with your bat senses? Now, fuck you, Santa. You know I don't have magic. Yeah, but you have all these gadgets. Look, my butler called me, okay? Oh, Alfred. Yeah, he's got to be on the nice list, right? <laughs> right? What am I doing out here, Bruce? Look, since you've been fighting crime with me, right? you keep shooting guys up with candy canes. Yeah, because I have a candy cane machine gun, Batman. Look, I have a rule. I know, you don't kill, but that doesn't keep you off the naughty list. What? Oh. That's not what this is about. Oh, okay. Look, if you're going to work with me, you got to stop killing. Look, Bruce, do you know how people get on the naughty list? Yeah, probably magic shit. Well, there is some magic involved. Yeah. No, but my elves read their files. Okay, so what? So Santa only kills evil cunts. Get over it. No, let me show you how to not kill people. Oh, if this is about a Santa hat-shaped ninja star. I don't think you should just rule that out willy-nilly. Oh, oh God damn it. I'm telling you, branding is important. Santa's fine. I know a guy. He makes thousands of these for me. Uh, no, thank you. And if you sign up, you can sign people up under Underneath you oh. to work for you. Batman, are you multi-level marketing me again? Well, it's a company called Logo Blades. God damn it, Batman. And so Batman and Santa went through Gotham City looking for fights. And Batman went hard on Santa with his sensey shit. But Santa has a sweatshop, so he's busy. Here's them still in Gotham. <laughs> Santa, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. I said don't kill them. Oh, but that one was getting away with the TV. Yeah, well, you blew up the fucking TV. Oh, here's the principle of the thing. Right, they keep breaking my only fucking rule. Your only rule? Then why does Santa have to take his boots off at your cave? Okay, I've got a few rules, but that one's a big one. What, the shoe thing? The no-killing thing, fuck. Look, Santa doesn't mind killing the baddie. Right. And Batman's a little bitch. Fuck you, Santa. Look, my methods may be brutal. That guy was dead two magazines ago. So maybe I shoot a guy in the face and then reload. And then shoot him in the face and then reload again. And then shoot and then reload again. That's fucking insane. Oh, what? I make candy canes out of thin air. Look, I don't need any more candy canes. That means my bullets are infinite, Batman. Stop fucking killing people. Whatever, fine. What are you going to show me? Some Krav Maga? Well, recently I've been doing jujitsu. Oh, Santa hasn't been to the gym lately. Well, the next baddies we find, don't fucking shoot them. I thought you were retired. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? Batman, it's raining. We're in New Jersey. Hey, fuck you. Santa wants to go play ping pong with the elves. Whatever, let's go find a criminal, beat the shit out of him, and not kill him. <laughs> Why? So you can strike fear in their fucking hearts. Oh, is this about rehabilitation? I don't know. Batman, do you believe 
People can change. What, don't you? Very few people ever do. That's a pretty cynical way of looking at the world. Bruce, I have a naughty and nice list of every human on Earth. Right. Most people stay on the same list every year. Why are you always trying to talk me out of feeling good for what I've done with my life? You know Santa has an eggnog problem. God damn it. Oh, look. A criminal. Not try not to kill this fucking guy. Oh, but look at the property damage. He doesn't deserve to die for it. Oh, he's on the naughty list for a reason. Santa, be reasonable. Oh, he wouldn't say that if he knew his browser history. Uh, fuck, fine. Over here. <laughs> Shit, I gotta make more candy cane ammunition. You sure oh. you don't want your own logo on some throw-in knives? No, and I don't want Star Wars-themed candles. But they have Baby Yoda on them. And I don't want Bat Shield, whatever that is. It's like Legal Shield, but I've got, like, bats on the card. Oh. Come on, it's only 35 bucks a month. Let Santa fight crime in peace, Batman. Stop killing people. No. And also, you should get Bat Shield. God damn it. Santa Claus is coming to town. Gonna beat your ass to keep him fooling around. <laughs> Santa Claus a great so a couple of weeks ago on Scatcast, we skit scatified a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, but here it is again. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's got Kessner's Rudy Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Tis the fucking season, you former milk pirates. And now current booty sniffers. Let's dig into this holiday season with a very special presentation of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Can you handle that shit, Chitron? Yeah. Well, good, then sit there and shut the fuck up. Let's meet Ebenezer Scrooge. Once upon a time, many Christmases ago, there lived an old son of a bitch named Ebenezer Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Ah, uh, fuck. Now, besides being an old crotchety bastard, yeah. he just so happened to be the richest man in town. I love money. Was he rich enough to send a wiener-shaped rocket into space? No idea what that is. No, but everyone in town knew of him. I am pretty famous. But it wasn't because he was popular or generous. It was mainly because he was a cunt. Hey, now. And in the town he lived, his name became synonymous with being a greedy son of a bitch. They're just jealous. Now, Ebenezer the rich cunt had made his fortune from banking. I'm so glad people don't know how compound interest works. He said like some scum. I'll hail the conformity of the masses. Now, he made all this money with a banking partner and friend known as Jacob Marley. And together they did everything they could to fuck people over. This orphanage is a day late on their rent. Jacob Marley said many years before. Let's kick those bums the fuck out! Ebenezer said, and they did. And together, they squeezed every cent of profits out of every endeavor. Now, of course, they would loan people money when they needed it. But if you were even a minute late or a penny short, they would take everything you had, even the gauges out your ears. And for decades, they acquired wealth. You know, Jacob, Ebenezer said to his partner, I only like two things in life. Oh, yeah, what are those? Orgasms and money. Ebenezer said with a crack of a smile. Indeed. Marley concurred. Right, so I'm gonna go jerk off on our money again. And for years, they would take turns. Soon, Jacob Marley passed away. Probably from all the booze, cocaine, and devil-themed orgies. Actually, was a shellfish allergy that did me in. Jacob said, adding nothing to the story. It's not nothing. Now, a few years later, we find Scrooge sitting alone in his office in the dark. He would sometimes think of his old partner when he would spill his dusty old baby batter all over his money. <laughs> but to clear his mind, he would count and clean his gold coins. Goddamn, this money's making me hot. But old Ebenezer wasn't exactly alone in his office, uh, so he partook in his second favorite thing to do with his time. <laughs> Micromanage the fuck out of his employee, Bob Cratchit. What you doing there, Bob? He said, standing menacingly over the timid man. Oh, hey, boss, I'm just doing the stuff you asked for. Oh, where the fuck is my report? Scrooge says, spitting the oysters he had for lunch in the man's face. Just a couple more hours, almost done. Old Bob said, sitting at a tiny little desk with his teeth chattering from the cold. Mr. Scrooge? He said like a little bitch. You know, I think I could work a lot faster if it was warmer in here. I mean, my fingers are completely frozen. He said, holding up his gnarled ass fingers. Weak. Now, Mr. Scrooge had a roaring fire in his office. Mm. Nice big fireplace. Yep. But Bob had a tiny little coal heater. Mm. Nebenezer said to the man, Aren't you a whinging little twat? I can see my breath in here. That coal doesn't grow on trees, Cratchit. Uh. I'm not paying you to be comfy. 
But old Bob certainly was not comfy. And he persisted. Just one more piece of coal to help stop the forming of icicles in my nose, please. He begged. Fine. Ebenezer spit. But it's coming out of your pay, of course. Ugh, never mind. What about the filing I asked you to do? I'm certain I can get it done by next week. Next fucking week? Scrooge said like a dick. I imagine it'll take you till next week because you're such a goddamn lazy some bitch. No, I've been working on the other things. Well, you can come in tomorrow and finish the filing. Tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow's Christmas Day, Mr. Scrooge. So what? Uh, so I need to spend time with my family, <laughs> especially Tiny Tim. Who the hell's that, your cat? Oh, he's my sick son, uh, and I don't know how many Christmases I have left with him. He said with misty eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's very touching, Scrooge said dryly. At least let me have dinner with my family. And Scrooge thought about it for a minute. In his head, the little voices said, To be or not be a cunt. Save the money. If we give him a day off, he'll want more days off. Let's go jerk off on money. Did he mention something about a sick kid? Sooner he leaves, sooner we can pull our dick out. And other such thoughts. But eventually Scrooge said to the man, Fine, you've warmed my heart. Oh. You only have to work a half day tomorrow. Okay. But I expect you to work through the New Year's. He said, still spitting oyster residue on his underling. Oh, bless you, Mr. Scrooge. Thank you. And you can get the hell out of here now if you want. You know it. Bob said as he grabbed his coat and hat. And as he opened the door, he said to Mr. Scrooge, Have yourself a Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. And Scrooge said to the man, Oh, fuck, get the hell out of here. And with that, Ebenezer Scrooge slammed the door at Mr. Cratchit. God damn, he's a dick. And old Ebenezer went back to his desk and sat. These idiots in their Christmas. He said aloud as he went over papers with a scowl. Morons. He said. A lot of them. Mean. Fuck them. Rude. I'm gonna go jerk off on money. And he did. And then he went home. And then he heard jingling, jangling sounds. What the hell? At first he thought it was some chitron outside jingling and jangling. Fucking kids. But he soon realized it was coming from inside the house. Who's there? The chains continued to jangle and he realized the sound was coming from upstairs. Oh. So he made his way from room to room. Who's there? But each room was empty. And after going through several rooms, he began to think he was going mad. I should probably lay off the absinthe. And suddenly he heard moaning from behind him. Oh, Ebenezer! Huh? Who's there? Scrooge's face turned white at the sight of his old dead friend. It's me, you asshole, Jacob Marley. Ebenezer stared with his mouth open as he saw his transparent friend's figure just there floating. What the fuck are you? I'm a ghost, you dumbass. What's with the chains? Well, that's why I'm here, Ebenezer. Is it really you? Ebenezer asked, putting his hand through the transparent body of his old dead friend. Ebenezer, screw! The apparition bellowed. Get your fucking hand out of there. Sorry, you really are a ghost. That's what I fucking said. Now listen. And Scrooge dropped to the floor. I've come here to give you a grave warning. Ebenezer's eyes widened. You gotta change your wicked ways, Ebenezer. Yeah, I don't wanna. Abe retorted. Then you'll be destined to be cursed like me. Man. I forged these chains through a lifetime of greed and heartlessness. The ghost of Jacob said with a ghostly tear. Yeah, we did have some fun. Oh, you asshole. You and I were evil. Yeah, we sinned against God pretty damn hard, didn't we? I know you well, old friend. Yeah. Oh, the pain that I've suffered will be worse for you. Oh, shit. How is it over there anyway? Ebenezer, you can't go to the bathroom, man. But you feel like you have to all the time. Nothing new. I'm hungry all the time, but there's no food over here. No ghost food. I gotta remember that. Yeah, quiet. Tonight you will be visited by three ghosts. Yeah, I'm really not in the mood for company. They're gonna try to open your dumb fucking heart. Ouch, that one hurt. And if they can't teach you, then you'll be fucked for all time like I am. Shit. And the ghostly apparition disappeared before Ebenezer could ask a follow-up question. What the fuck is in our drinking water around here? He said, looking around, seeing no evidence of what just happened. I have gotta be out of my fucking mind. He thought to himself, but he decided he needed a little brandy and to sleep it off. So he retired to his bedroom. Now he had not been asleep long when the window opened by its fucking self. Holy shit! And a cold winter wind blew into his room. <laughs> so he jumped from his bed to close the window, and sadly he slept in the nude. So you can imagine the shrinkage. Go ahead, imagine it. I'm wearing a bathrobe, you fuckwit. Could you picture his balls? Hey, a producer said from the other room. Now when he turned around from closing the window, Holy he saw the transparent form of a beautiful woman. My penis is bigger when it's not cold, he said, hiding his shame with his bathrobe. It's a grower! This woman floated there with flowing hair and a blue light. Oh. Ebenezer was a bit speechless. I am the ghost of Christmas past. The voice echoed. Christmas! Ebenezer 
Ebenezer said in a huff. Bah humfuck! And his surprise turned to anger. If this is some sort of ploy for charity, you're not getting it. What the fuck are you doing in my house? And he started to go off. But the ghost slapped him and she said, Bitch, shut the fuck up. I'm not here for your money. She said in a firm but fair voice. Why are you in my bedroom? I've come to rekindle your love of Christmas. She said. Love of Christmas? I hate Christmas. It's just an excuse for lazy moron cunts to do lazy moron cunt shit and I hate them and I hate them. I hope they die. He said frothing with foam at the sides of his mouth. You say that, you old greasy bastard, the ghost said. But you weren't always this walking piece of shit with a hairpiece. And her hands became solid and she grabbed him by the wrist. I'm gonna show you something. Oh, hell yeah. He said, dropping his robe. Fucking no, not that. Uh, And in an instant, Ebenezer was fully dressed and outside of a window. What the? It was a window he had looked into many times before. He was looking into the house where he grew up. One time I got locked out the house and had to take a shit over in that corner. That's very nice, Ebenezer. Would you just look in the fucking window? Oh, yeah, yeah. Inside the house, he saw a little boy opening a present. A smile on his face as big as some shit that's big. Look at the joy on that chitron's face. The ghost, he said. So much joy and purity and love. And the ghost floated up next to the awestruck Scrooge. And she leaned into his ear and asked, Why are you such a cunt now? Well, what happened to that little boy, Ebenezer? Scrooge didn't answer. He knew that little boy was himself. But he didn't know why he became the way he was. He liked touching himself with money. The more the better. Yeah, basically. You've fallen a long way, Ebenezer. The spirit said. Hmm. Scrooge kind of gathered hold of himself and said back, Times change, people. Circumstances change. But the ghost looked at him and said, Some things change like dog poop. You know, remember those white dog poops back in the 80s? Yeah. You're like one of those dog poops from the 80s that's white. What? And then she disappeared, leaving Scrooge with those thoughts. <sighs> and he found himself back in his bedroom again. Well, this is going to be a long night, he thought. And he tried to go back to sleep, but he remembered what Marley said. Three ghostly fuckers are coming. <laughs> Fuck. And the idea of another paranormal visitor kept him tossing and turning all night. Until at some point he thought he heard a noise. Oh, fuck, here we go. There was a loud thump and it came from the kitchen. And he snuck through the hallway with his little beat stick in hand. And when he peeked in, he saw a bounty of his food sitting on the counter. What the shit? Someone was cooking. And their taste buds were weird as fuck. Motherfucker made a sandwich with a whole fish on it. And pickles. I think there was some ice cream and pie in there. And several cans of ochre. And Ebenezer wondered, who could eat like this and not be dead? And when the refrigerator door closed, he wished he hadn't wondered. For the second ghost was a giant of a man. Oh my god, this stuff looks delicious. The round and rosy ghost said, getting ready to mow down. Are you a ghost too? Ebenezer worked up the courage to ask. I absolutely am. He said with a mouthful of sandwich. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Are you here to show me more visions? Ebenezer asked, scratching his head. And how are you able to eat food if you're a ghost? It's complicated. Okay. And yes, I came here to show you visions. And the ghost looked down at his ghost watch. Oh shit, we probably should hurry up. Oh. There's something important you need to see. And the giant grabbed him by the wrist. Hold on. And like a blast of lightning, they were in Bob Cratchit's fucking house. What are we doing here? He said, looking around the family's dining room. Why are we at Bob's house? Just look. Bob Cratchit sat at the head of the table. Quiet down, everyone. He said to his wholesome little chitrons. We love you, Daddy. The little shit said. I love you, Daddy. Tiny Tim wheezed. We all love you, honey. Mrs. Cratchit said. You guys are the best. And he led them in prayer. Lord, thank you for the glorious banquet that you've provided for us on this Christmas Eve. And Scrooge scoffed a bit. What, is there a turkey behind that little pigeon they're serving? Nope, that's their feast. What, that little bird for this whole family? It was the largest bird they could afford. And then he explained how inflation was outpacing salaries and wages and how the supply chain was broken and how the same damn cunts that broke the damn thing want to fix it. How's that a thing? No, no, no. Well, that's quite a lot. And old Bob Cratchit continued his prayer. Bless Aunt Susan and let's hope her toe heals quickly. And as the prayer 
prayer went on, Scrooge wondered why they were so happy with such little to eat. We love Aunt Susan. Yeah, she's something. When the prayer continued, and bless Matthew Pernar and Sean Burrett, Chris Eason, Jose Montez, Donald Fisher, and Jason Glaser for being fat cats, Bob Cratchit said, signing up for fucking $100 a month at Patreon. He exclaimed to the Lord for his family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Scrooge just stared at this loving bunch of carbon-based water sacks. How can they love each other when they're poor as fuck? But the ghost was quiet, and Bob continued. Lord, please look after our family and for Tiny Tim especially, because he's fucking sick, and you did that, I guess, but whatever, you kind of know what's best, I guess. Wait, that child is sick? Scrooge looked up and asked the ghost. He's told you that like a thousand times. Ebenezer really never paid attention, nope. but now he watched the boy. He was small and underweight, and in fact, he carried a tiny little crutch. I don't feel good, Daddy. I know, Tiny Tim. I'm sorry I can't afford shit. Yeah, your father tries, but you know that Scrooge. Now, now, Mrs. Cratchit, yeah. Lord, let us bless Ebenezer Scrooge. What are you talking about, husband? She said with a scowl. I want him to have a Merry Christmas. His wife's face turned red. You're really gonna pray for that lint-licking poop bag? She said, filtering her words in front of her chitrons. I've never met such a despicable man, and you don't get paid nearly enough for the work you do. Now, honey. He said like this was a conversation they'd had a few times. If he paid you more, we wouldn't have to live in this hovel. Right. And we could get Tiny Tim some aspirin yep. and an inhaler. Well. Miss Scrooge. And in that moment, she began to cry. And as Bob Cratchit <laughs> held his wife, he said to her, You're acting crazy in front of the chitrons. But then he said, At least we have a roof over our heads, huh? Yeah. And we have each other, right? I should have married your brother. We should all be thankful for what we have. And the family all hugged at the dinner table or some shit. And while Ebenezer would never admit it, he had a bit of a tear in his eye. Tell me, spirit, what will happen to Tanny Tim? Will he get better? If nothing changes, no. The spirit said, The child will die. I see. When the ghost showed the empty chair and the sadness of the family missing Tanny Tim. Spirit, you can't do that. He's just a little boy. And Ebenezer tried to grab the giant and shake him, but he was, uh, you know, a ghost, uh, so that didn't work. Oh, yeah. Uh, this isn't justice, and you know it. And with that, the ghost of Christmas present faded away. See ya. And Scrooge was left alone in his kitchen. One more ghost to go. Instead of going to bed, he went to his study. And he waited, for he knew the final ghost would be with him soon. And every minute that ticked by on his grandfather's clock was worse than the last. And somewhere in the dark of the night as he began to fade, a cold wind woke him up, despite all the windows and doors being closed. And as he sat up, he could see an image starting to form in the dark. Who's there? He said, shivering a bit. Hello? And out of the shadows walked a dark, cloaked figure. He looked like death himself. <laughs> and with a single bony hand, he gestured for Scrooge to follow him. You want me to follow you? <laughs> and as Scrooge followed the shadow ghost down the hallway, he found himself at a funeral. Oh, shit. But nobody was there except for the man in the coffin and a very bored priest. Ashes to ashes, blah, blah, blah. What sort of man can die and have no one come to his funeral? He asked the shadow ghost nervously. Doesn't anyone love him or miss him? But the ghost said nothing. And they continued to walk into the cold, snowy night. And Scrooge just followed a few steps behind. Wait, this is Town Square, Scrooge said. And the ghost of what Scrooge assumed was Christmas future said nothing. But it stopped. I'm glad that old bastard died. One older lady said to another lady. He was a real bastard. Said another. And a passerby came by and said, I stole these shoes off his ass before they buried him. And they all three laughed about how the man they were talking about was a cunt. Did you hear that? Scrooge asked the ghost death. The spirit continued to glide. They must have really hated that man to steal from the dead. Still silent. And Ebenezer followed through the freshly fallen snow until they came to a vast graveyard. What? Spirit, why have you brought me here? The giant's bony hand pointed in the distance. Wait, over here? <laughs> and Scrooge tried to follow where the ghost was pointing. What? How about this way? <laughs> but Ebenezer was surrounded with a sea of stones. Can we do like the hot, cold thing? Am I getting warmer? <laughs> Nervously, he worked his way through the headstones, occasionally looking back at the ghost to see if he was getting close. I mean, am I warmer? Come on! <laughs> but the ghost would say nothing ever. And one time when Ebenezer looked over his shoulder to see what the ghost was doing, he tripped Ow. on the root of a tree and fell 
fell into the dirty snow. Dead son of a... And as he looked up, he saw an old grave that had been unattended and overgrown. I am compelled. And as he pulled off the ivy and wiped away the grime, he could read clearly the name on the tombstone. Here lies Ebenezer Scrooge, he said aloud, expecting to read something about his life or something else. That's it? But no one in town could think of anything nice to say about him. God damn it. And putting here lies a cunt on the damn thing would be kind of unchristian-like. Yeah. Now Ebenezer thought about the things that people were saying in town square. That shit was about me. Their voices swam in his head. That motherfucker stole my shoes. And Ebenezer broke down and he started to cry. Spirit, this can't be my future. He sobbed. I want more than to be hated and then forgotten. Still nothing from the Grim Reaper ghost. But suddenly he had an idea. Wait, wait, wait. He said, springing to his feet. His old ass knees creaking. Oh, now you wouldn't show me these things if I couldn't change them. Still nothing from the big guy. No, I get it now. I get it. He said, springing about. I can change, Spirit. You'll see. I'll be kind and generous from now on. And as he jumped to kick his heels twice, he found himself back in his bed like Dorothy. Wait, what? It was morning, and at first his mind was blank as he yawned. What the hell? And as he rolled over to scratch his bowels. Mm, rich people bed. He remembered the night he fucking had. Oh, that's right. I can redeem myself. And he sprang to the window and opened it, and he yelled to the first person he could see. You there, children. What is it? What day is today? Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. Well, fuck me running. I didn't miss it. And I tossed a small bag of money to the boy. Take this and buy the biggest fucking turkey that the butcher's got. Okay. And you take that shit to the Cratchit's house. Who are they? And you keep the change for your troubles, you little punk. And the Chitron did what he was told. I've got some shopping to do. And a little while later, there was a knock at Bob Cratchit's door. Who the fuck comes over on Christmas unannounced? He said to his wife. That's probably carolers. Yeah. But when Bob Cratchit opened his door, he was promptly knocked oh, over oh, by like 15 oh, people. What's everybody doing? A line of folk marched into his dining room carrying plump meats, mashed potatoes and gravy, biscuits, not a single fucking yam because that would be terrible. And there was pies and candies and presents for the children. What is all this? And as he said that, someone grabbed a hold of his hand. Huh? And behind a load of wrapped Christmas presents, Bob was shocked to see his boss. Mr. Scrooge? He said with confusing chemicals surging throughout him. I, I was just about to go get ready for work. Bob said nervously. Work? Well... Yeah, I could be there in like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it's Christmas now, isn't it, Bob? Well, yes, but yesterday you said... And Scrooge put his hand on his shoulder, interrupting him and said... Yesterday I was a cunt, Bob. Uh, but that was before I had some seriously fucked up supernatural experiences last night. I see. Also, you deserve a vacation because you work so hard. I do? Of course you fucking do. His wife said, slapping him on the back of the head. I don't want to see you back in work until after New Year's. Well, I can't really afford to take much time off. I'm tripling your salary, Bob. What? Oh, thank God. You just be back there January 2nd at 9 o'clock or there'll be hell to pay. He said with a hint of his old Gargamel side. Right. After all, uh, my new partner can't be late. Are you serious, Mr. Scrooge? Oh, yeah. Here's your Christmas bonus. And Bob Cratchit saw the number on the check and he fainted and he bashed his head on the table and he died. But the Cratchit family was taken care of for decades as they were the recipients of Mr. Scrooge's will. And Ebenezer Scrooge wasn't a cunt again until the day he died. The end. Well, goddamn shit, did somebody cut some onions in here? I farted. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, well, that was a Christmas carol. Goddamn, what are they feeding you? I hope you enjoy... All right, I gotta go. All right, we learn stuff. Yeah. Merry Christmas, you motherfuckers. Yeah. See you next week. Awful. Fuck. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Were you not love? Define love, Steve. No. Speaking of love, I do the dipshit files with my wife, Mrs. Scriptkeeper. Oh, and yeah. this week will be our 39th episode together. No one cares. But over the last few weeks, we've done some kind of Christmas-themed stuff. We did a show on Krampus. Dumb. A show based on Santa. Also dumb. And we also did one on a guy who lost his mind and killed his family on fucking Christmas. Yep. Hey. Thanks, dude. Now, here's a little snippet from it. So can you imagine going to visit relatives on Christmas Day, expecting warm hugs and hot chocolate at the door, only to discover... 
their bodies instead. I actually have kind of a weird family. So, <laughs> so the, some of the uncles, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I killed this family. Yeah, it was coming. I hate going to your family's house for the holidays. I know. Let's hope Uncle Bob has some pants on. If your Uncle Dennis asked me to sit on his lap, I'm going to punch him in his dick. Dude, my family will not be mad at you. Right. I don't understand why nobody's answering. Well, they know we're coming. Just go in. That, that feels weird, right? Uh, Aunt, Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru. Is that from fucking Star Wars? Yeah. Uncle Bob. Oh, shit. Holy fuck, your Uncle oh. Bob murdered his whole family. You know, that's not actually that surprising. Kind of on brand for Uncle Bob. You know, fair enough. He gives off that vibe. Gave off. That's his body right there. Oh, that's right. Always making Christmas about you, Uncle Bob. <laughs> Sorry. That's just the Flannery and or the other side of my family. No. Both. I must say, some members of my family are not happy about me constantly shoveling shit on them. Ridiculous. Well, here's a little snippet from our Krampus episode where Mrs. Cryptkeeper is teaching us about Frau Perchta. Let's first talk about her appearance. I bet they make her hot. Well, this this actually depends on whether you've been good or bad. <laughs> what is she when you're not here? So if you're good, she appears as a beautiful maiden in white robes. Of course. And according to Jacob Grimm, Frau Perchta is based on the goddess Frau Birchta, mm. who is the goddess of spinning and weaving. It seems like there would be some interesting benefits to having multiple gods compared to one god. Are you trying to tell me that you worship Bob Bob, the god of the donkeys and curse words? Blessed be to him. Yeah, he's also the god of lemon meringue pie. You realize you're a ridiculous person, right? Well, you worship Rob Bob. Yeah. Well, he's ridiculous too. What are you talking about? Rob Bob is the god of squirrels, the color green, and waste management services. That's dumb and you know it. Fuck squirrels. Waste management services are very important. Yeah, but that's just dude shoveling our poopies. You know, it is possible we're both wrong. Fuck you! In the most recent episode of The Dipshit Files, we did our cavalcade of Christmas chaos. Christmas dumb. Yeah, Christmas crimes, headlines. Well, fuck, shit like this. Headlines, SantaCon bank robbery. <laughs> In 2014, some fucking geniuses dressed up like Santa during SantaCon, mm -hmm. the seasonal Santa-themed pub crawl, I said that. and robbed a bank in San Francisco. Makes sense, I guess, to them. The, the cops never found him. Yeah, fuck, it worked. Yep. Damn. That's the end of that story. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, note to self. Something, something Santa. I'm telling you, it's a perfect plan. We're going to dress up as Santa yes. in a Santa convention, yes. rob a bank, and mm -hmm. then we're going to get away with it? Don't hate the player, hate the game. One bank robbery later. Oh, yeah, bitches. Dude, it fucking worked. I told you it worked. People are fucking stupid. Yeah, but we probably ruined SantaCon forever. Oh, yeah. Good luck getting your permit next year, dicks. Goddamn, we're the bad guys. Fuck yeah, ball hum fuck. Headline, GPS monitored baby Jesus recovery. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. It's pretty absurd, but I like stories with violence, like this one. Headline. My two-by-four just wants to say Merry Christmas. A mall Santa in Atlanta wasn't spreading the Christmas spirit when he beat a woman with a two-by-four. Beat a woman with a two-by-four. Police said that Elk and Donnie Clark, 49, hit 74-year-old Annie Ruth Nelson in oh. the face oh. and knocked her unconscious, according to ABC. What the? Clark said he did it because Nelson had stolen $14 of Hershey's chocolates from him. Oh. But no one else could confirm that claim. Well, but if it is true... I mean, that's fair. You should hit an old lady over the face with a two-by-four. Clark was arrested and charged with two counts of aggravated assault over $14 of Hershey's chocolate. I, I mean, you know... Oh, you there! What? 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 Did you just steal Santa's chocolate? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Santa just saw you take a whole bunch of chocolate whole. Now I gotta go. No, you come back and you give me that chocolate. Yeah, no chocolate here. No, you empty that purse. Yeah, get your hands off me, cunt. Oh, did you just scratch me? I didn't steal any chocolate. Oh, give me the chocolate. I don't have any chocolate. Oh, I can see the chocolate in your purse. They brought that chocolate from home. Give Back Santa's chocolate. See how we made it the old lady's fault? <laughs> that chocolate was important. Now, Christmas violence is one thing. You're awful. Yeah, we love it. No. But Christmas violence in the real world combining Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mrs. Scriptkeeper. When he picked out a lightsaber 
and proceeded to beat his fellow shoppers with it <laughs> before walking out of the shop with it and doing the same to the waiting police. Nice. Luckily, no one was hurt. Luckily, that lightsaber wasn't armed with the right, with actual the, kyber crystal. He wasn't you understand? using the force. And he probably wasn't adept. Do with, you use you know, the force in, in the you saber? Do. I mean, in, in, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Are you channeling like the chi energy I mean, of the you, earth? You, a non-force the... user, could turn it on, but to wield it with... <laughs> Great strength. And Dude, look, I found this lightsaber in the sand. You probably shouldn't fuck with that. What are you talking about? Here, no, dude, dude. Oh, God. Oh, holy fucking Wookiee nuts. Did you just cut your own dick off? Yeah. Okay. Headline, mistletoe hunting with a shotgun. You don't get that one. Can I go home now? No, let's talk about a mall Santa who did naughty things because he's a dickhead. Once they did, he whispered in the little boy's ear that Santa wasn't real. And what? the little boy ran away in tears. Holy shit. That guy woke up and yeah. was like, I'm going to fuck up exactly. lives today. The Kennets, <laughs> the Kennets were refunded. The bad Santa was fired. Eesh. So, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, again, the mall would like to apologize for your experience with Santa. Yeah, I think you ruined my kids' lives. Oh, they do seem a bit distraught. Here's your $3.50 back. Oh, yeah, that's good of you. Also, here's a coupon for a free Orange Julius. Fucking Orange Julius, your guy just unraveled our child's entire worldview. Well, it's a fragile worldview. He said right before I shoved my foot up his ass. In episode 38 of the Dipshit Files, Mrs. Scriptkeeper brought us so many examples of mall Santas going bad, like this fucking guy. When Fortunato threatened to report him, he claimed that to be the real Santa Claus, the best person in the world, and then, of course, ripped off his costume before being dragged away. Jazz hands. Santa never got to give his side of the story, as both the mall and the company he worked for uh, never released his name. So, oh, wow. yeah, they were embarrassed. You have brought shame to the grand secret order of the mall Santas. I'm sorry, Grandmaster Claus. It's just working with those kids and the parents are worse. We must never lose our cool or we'll lose that mall gig so damn fast. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Sorry indeed. Your sentence is death. Ho, ho. Mrs. Scriptkeeper also went through a whole bunch of crimes that Santa actually commits each year by being the way that Santa is. And she goes on to explain to us all the fucking crimes he commits, including DUI, guys. Stop leaving the alcohol out, huh? Really depends on what you blew and how you acted. Look, I'm sorry, Santa. I gotta bring in. Oh, I'm right in the middle of my deliveries. Look, I can smell the eggnog on you. Oh, if I don't drink the enog, the children will be sad. Yeah, we're having this conversation after you crash your sleigh into these people's living room. Oh, 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 shit. There was even some discussion about the working conditions in the North Pole. And what about your sweatshop conditions? Oh, oh elves like to work. It says here they've recently went on strike. Oh, oh, we're in negotiations. 36 hour work days. Elves don't sleep like humans do. You pay them in candy cakes. That's how they want to be paid. They don't even get the holidays oh, off. We only work one day a year. If you need some Christmas cheer, I mean, the dipshit files, 38 and 37 and 36 all kind of touch on Christmas, so there's that. One of them's about a murder. That's terrible. I wouldn't recommend Seriously. it. Seriously. Alright, here's another nurse fairy rhyme. This is Steve the Reindeer, starring this fucking guy. It was very poorly written. Whatever, go. It's got cuss nursery rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, hey there, you little former sperms. Yeah. Gather round so I can tell you a Christmas story. Yeah. Now, you know, not all stories can be written by Charles fucking Dickens, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, this one sure as fuck wasn't written by him. Okay. It's called Steve the Reindeer, and this skit's got may constitute a war crime. Yeah. Once upon a time in the North Pole, there was a reindeer named Steve. Hey. And Steve was one of those naturally gifted reindeer, but it wasn't all just handed to him, you know? I work hard at being a reindeer. Steve would say 
as he's doing sit-ups oh. or whatever. What? Now, when it came to reindeer games, Steve was a natural. I try hard. He was probably on steroids. No. He dominated all the running events, all the powerlifting events, and he was a star at reindeer lacrosse. Wow, Steve, you're the best reindeer ball. Donner the reindeer said to Steve. Oh, that's nice of you to say, Donner. And Steve just started racking up reindeer game championships. Yeah. And the reindeer game running championship goes to Steve the reindeer. No, thank you very much. Steve. And Steve stepped up to the podium. You know, I've been working all this time just so that one day I can be useful to Santa. For that was the main goal of this here champion reindeer. For when Steve was a baby reindeer, yep. Hello. his mommy and daddy reindeer put a lot of pressure on him. You're going to grow up to be the best, the daddy reindeer said to little Steve. Really? One day you're going to guide Santa's sleigh, the mommy deer said. And if you don't, don't even bother coming home. That's right. The kind of dysfunctional reindeer parents said. Uh, but like I said, he would grow up to be a multiple-time reindeer game champion. That's my boy there. The father deer said, living vicariously through his baby deer. Well, he's still not driving Santa's sleigh. That's true. And so the parents' expectations were still not met. Uh, then one day at a press conference after the most highly contested reindeer games match of the year, a reporter who was also a polar bear asked, Hey, Hoser, how come you're not Santa's guy yet, eh? And Steve the reindeer said, You know, I've been working really hard. I'd like to thank my coach. Who was also his dad. There's also my dad who rides my fucking ass. Yeah, but why come not Santa yet? Steve couldn't really answer. Well, he didn't really know why he hadn't been called up to Santa's sleigh team. When my time comes, I'll be ready. He said with a smile that never met his eyes. Uh, and he took his giant reindeer games trophy and went home. Nothing matters unless I'm on Santa's team. He said to himself as he set his trophy down next to his other trophies. I'm sure this will be the year. But it wasn't. Santa's first string starting sleigh team was tight. Yeah. I mean, there was Dasher mm. and Dancer yep. and Prancer right. and Vixen Fuck. and Comet yep. and Cupid wow. and Donner Whoa. and Toby. Mm. And the two deer on the bench were Blitzen and Robocop. Wow. And they were the coolest deer in the North Pole. I just want to serve Santa. And two more seasons passed. And old Steve had won the Fire Deer Open, the Strong Deer Maple Syrup Cup, and he won his ninth consecutive Flying Sled Pole Championship. This has got to be the year. Reindeer Steve said to himself, Come on, Santa. And again, the press badgered him about Santa Claus. Yeah, Binkle McScrew, North Pole Review. Yeah, hi, Binkle. Yeah, what's up with Santa? Does he not like you or something? You, you know, it's really about the love of the reindeer games, and I just want to thank my coach. And it went on like that throughout the reindeer game season. Reindeer Steve would win some shit, Santa would ignore it, and the press would taunt him. I don't know why I haven't been chosen, Mom. Steve the reindeer said to his mama, I think it's your personality. We need personality classes. She said, You need to be better. Oh. You only deserve love if you're the best. Oh, but I am the best. I have all these trophies. The best are on Santa's team. And Steve was sad. And so he went out into the forest and just kind of dance cried. Look at him go. Just laying down the moose. Get it, Steve. Get it. You came in like a wrecking ball. Now, to become the grand champion of reindeer games, reindeer Steve had to sacrifice quite a bit. Fuck yeah, I did. While he was beloved, he was pretty low on friends. Oh, reindeer Steve, you want to go hang out, bro? Oh, I got practice. Oh, what about tomorrow, bro? I got to do front and back legs. Oh. And between his endorsement deals, the reindeer games, and what little time he had at home, Steve had no time to nurture friendships. And he had been studded out so many times, he was bored of sex. Yeah, yeah, grand champion sperm. Here you go. And then one Christmas season, something happened. Steve, turn on the TV. What is it, Mom? Just turn it on. Fuck. Fine. And when Steve turned on the TV, the announcer guy said, The rumors are true. Santa's backup sleigh team member Blitzen is down with a calf injury. And Steve looked at his mom. Now's your chance not to be a disappointment to us. The mama deer said, It's about time. The father deer said, thinking he was being tough but fair. Oh, this has got to be the year. And it was. I deserve love now. Now, Steve wasn't first team Santa's sleigh, Almost. but he was the second backup. It finally happened. But Steve the reindeer's parents still were not satisfied. You know, to be the best, you really got to fly with Santa's team, don't you? I would think first team. The reindeer parents said, and Steve was sad. So I guess we're cheering for injuries now. Right. And as bad luck for some and good luck for others would have it, on the worst possible day, Christmas Eve, Dancer and Prancer had to be taken from the first team due to flea and tick protocol. This is my chance. Only reindeer Steve and a reindeer named Robocop were the backups. This was indeed his time to shine. Yes. And when the elves came. Hey, Robocop. 
Come on. Wait, what about me? Reindeer Steve asked confused. Hey, not you this time, laddie. Another elf said. I'm sorry. What do you mean? Santa chose Rudolph to guide his sleigh tonight. Steve the reindeer felt the blood leave his face. What do you mean Santa chose Rudy? Uh, calm down, Steve. You see, Rudolph, or Rudy, was a lazy deer. Yeah, hey, what's up? While he did have some natural talent, he for sure cheated. Rudy does steroids. That uh, doesn't matter. Santa needs performance. I'm like a nine-time reindeer game champion. Reindeer Steve pleaded, but it was no use. I'm sorry. And Steve the reindeer was devastated. Rudy's a cheater. He said to himself. He wasn't even eligible to participate in any reindeer games. So Steve did the only thing he thought could help. He went straight to Santa. What the fuck, Santa? He said, barging in on Santa's office. Oh, oh Steve the reindeer. Why didn't you pick me? Oh, Steve. I'd done everything right, Santa. Oh, oh yes, he went to the right schools. Yeah. You know the right deer. Uh, Donner's my bro. Oh, but you're not a killer, Steve. Wait, what? Oh, Santa doesn't just deliver toys. Okay. I don't think you have the stomach for what Santa does. I don't understand. And reindeer Steve wouldn't understand. Because Reindeer Steve had been weighed and measured and found wanting. You're really too soft for what I need a reindeer for. Santa said right in Steve's little dumb face. Fuck you, Santa. Steve snapped. Oh, I mean that in a good way. You're a nice deer. Something inside Steve's mind cracked. I'll fucking show you nice. He said as he kicked over Santa's desk. Oh, shit. Come on, Steve. You ruined my life, Santa. Oh, I don't understand. And Steve kicked Santa right in his dick. <laughs> Oh, shit, sorry. Oh, well, you're banished, Reindeer Steve! And from that day forth, oh. Reindeer Steve wasn't allowed near Elftown, New Elftown, Old Haunted Elftown, or Santa's North Pole Military Industrial Complex. Oh, I fucking hate you, Santa. So angry Steve the Reindeer just walked the North Pole, kind of just seething everywhere he was. Oh, you fucking Santa. Until one day he came across a little elf winter witch. Hey there, Mindy. The winter witch said, Yeah, hey. What's your problem? And Steve told her his problem. And that's why I was banished by Santa. And strange enough, this little elf winter witch was also banished by Santa. I tried to stab him. Goddamn, I want to destroy Santa. He said in a rage. Do you mean that? Fuck yeah, I do. And he did. Very well then. And so the witch cast a spell on Steve the reindeer. I didn't say anything about this. But it was too late. His body had transformed into a monster. Something beyond terrifying. Something abominable. Now you're ready to take on Santa. What have you done to me? Steve now walked on two legs and was fugly as shit. This is not what I wanted. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? And Steve the Reindeer became Steve the Abominable Snowman. And he quickly became the Winter Witch Elf's bitch. You gonna do my bidding? She said. Fuck, fine. And it would soon become one of Santa Claus Crime Fighter's most dangerous adversaries. Fuck Santa. The end? Or is it? Yikes. Well, that was shit. Oh, I guess this is some sort of crossover. I don't like it. I don't know what I learned. I feel like there weren't any morals in that. And we're all just cheering for cunts. So I think we're all secretly cunts. And this was Steve the Reindeer. Just awful. Awful. See you next week. Just <laughs> fucking terrible. And so Dave and Angus also went pretty hard this year on the holidays. Fucking morons. Their last few episodes had terrible advice from Angus. He's a mess. Plus tons of Christmas-oriented shit. I did not enjoy it. And we thought we'd pick a couple things from it, including a bedtime story. Terrible. But also Dave and Angus' top five Christmas stuff. Top five Dave and Angus top five Favorite Christmas shit we like yeah. Top five Dave and Angus top five So we're talking our favorite Christmas yep. shit. I guess that's what makes it our Christmas special. Right, well, we thought we'd start with our top five made-up Christmas characters. Now, all the creatures, animals, all the things made up for Christmas. Right. Fucking elves. The who's from Whoville. Yep. Whatever. It's a festive make-believe thing. Right, let's dig in. What's your number five? My number five is Krampus. Dave's leaning into the devil. It's not about the devil. I kind of like the Halloween kind of aspect it brings to Christmas, though. Yeah, Dave's a creepy bitch. All right, my number five is Santa and his reindeer. That's your number five. It's not my favorite part of Christmas, but I don't think we could have Christmas without it. That's fair. I mean, bah-hum-fuck and whatnot, but you know, Santa's all right. Right, well, my 
Yeah, number four. His Frau perked out. Gesundheit? Now, remember we learned about her in the dipshit files? Yeah, I don't pay attention to stuff. She was like Santa and Krampus combined together. Weird shit from Dave, not surprised. Whatever. My number four, the ghost of Christmas present. All right, the giant? He was the most pleasant of a Christmas carol's ghosts, I would say. All right, how so? Well, the last ghost is a dick. Right. And the first ghost is like his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. But that second ghost is having like a food-eating contest in his kitchen. Yeah, that's true. He's a man and or ghost after my own heart and or stomach. Okay, okay. Give us your number three, David. I like the made-up character of Jack Frost. Is it because you play Jack Frost in the Scatcast universe? Partially. You seem to like the Naughty Cats, Dave. I guess so. What the fuck does Jack Frost even do besides just make everybody cold? I don't know. It's just an interesting character, I guess. Shit. What's your number three? My number three made-up characters of all time for Christmas is the Coke-drinking polar bears, Dave. What? Really? Not the little baby polar bear so cute. It is cute, but number three. I never get in the Christmas mood until I see that cute little polar bear drinking from that bottle, man. All right. All right, what's your number two, right? Yeah, we're on two. Mine is the Grinch. Oh, shit, the Darth Vader of Christmas. Right, well, like you, I don't feel like it's the Christmas season until the Grinch has been absorbed a bit. Right, well, that's sad and dumb. Yeah. All right, my number two. Goddamn. Frosty the Snowman. Really? I didn't picture you as a Frosty the Snowman fan. Well, I'm a big fan of magic hats, though. I see. So it all comes together. All right. And your number one fictional character of Christmas? It's Santa Claus. Number one for Santa. Yep, it's my favorite. Favorite part of Christmas. We're fucking ridiculous. Whatever. What's your number one? Jesus Christ. Angus, oh, here not, we go. Here we go. It's not really in the spirit of this. An Angusto with an Angusto day. Whatever. Fine. All right. Let's move on. This is our top five decorations for Christmas. Yeah, especially since I don't give a fuck about decorations. Right. Well, I enjoy this time of year because of the decorations. All right. So let's do our top fives. What's your number five, Dave? I chose Elf on a Shelf. Right, here we go again. Mainstream Dave. What is a fun tradition? Is it though, Dave? I mean, I fucking think it is. Whatever. Fine. My number five is an angel on top of the tree. Okay. I don't know why you want to shove a tree top up an angel's <laughs> ass, but it looks nice. Okay. I think that's why. Right. Well, and Angus concurs. What's your number four, David? I've always been a big fan of those little Christmas villages. You know, how they set them up, the little porcelain things. Yeah, you used to have a shitload of those. What happened to those things? You were playing baseball in my tiny house living room. Oh, yeah, with the Christmas village stuff. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Why was I doing that? Alcohol. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. My number four is stockings. Christmas stockings, Dave. Gotta hang them with care. Shut the fuck up, Dave. God damn it. I'm kidding, man. As an adult man, my stocking is my only source of any kind of presents ever. Right. Besides, you know, the tie that my dumb children give yeah, me. You wear a tie like once a year. Not happily. All right, my number three is Christmas lights. Is this the indoor or the outdoor? I think we agreed that we just say Christmas lights as a whole. Dumb. But I love looking at Christmas lights, driving around, looking at people's homes. Well, that sounds terrible. Whatever. All right, my number three are the big blow-up, like, inflatable shit things. I like big snowmen and Santas. Well, yeah, if you don't want to go home, you should go big, you know? Right. Plus, it's a way to flex on your neighbors and be like, I have more expendable money than you. Okay. All right, what's your number two? I've always been a fan of the advent calendar. Is that the one with the chocolate in it? Yeah, the little windows, you count down Christmas. Yeah, Dave, your choices are supposed to get better as you get closer to number one. Yeah, whatever. My mom Mom used to have a fun little thing with me that we would do with those. It was a lot of fun. Oh shit. Shut up, Dave. Goddamn, how drunk are you? Very. My number two are beer cans on the Christmas tree. Okay. It's a Blackburn tradition, and you know. Okay, my number one is a tree. Just straight up the Christmas tree. Yep. Boring, but still mainstream, as always, Dave. Yeah, yeah. What's your number one? Well, hopefully Steve is giving me a drum roll. I would say my number one decoration of all time for Christmas are Christmas tree ornaments, David. Okay. Especially ones that are shaped like guitars. Right, because you play guitar. Fucking A right. And you should see how intricate they get, man. Last year I got one and it's got a case and everything. Okay. Well, those are our top five decorations. Right, and that leads us to our last thing here for our top five for this here Christmas special. We're going to do our top five classic Christmas songs. That's right, so start it up. All right, well, I've always had kind of an affinity for the uh, Bing Crosby White Christmas. I don't know why motherfuckers always cheer for snow, but whatever. Yeah. All right, what's your number five? My number five is Jingle Bells, but not the normal version, the Batman Smells version. Okay, just to be a troll? Basically. All right, well, my number four is Silver Bells. Mainstream, slow, whatever. It's a beautiful song. My number four's got a rock edge to it, man. It's rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, that's not mainstream at all. It's basically punk rock for 
for fucking Christmas, Dave. All right. Well, my number three is have yourself a merry little Christmas. Don't tell me what to do, Dave. Okay, right. What's your number three? My number three is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right. That song teaches you you should shine your stupid little light into the world despite the cunts around you. Okay. Fuck yeah, it is. All right. My number two is the most wonderful time of year. Yeah. Songs are supposed to get better as you get closer to the top, Dave. Fuck you. That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. My number two is the song from Christmas Vacation. Oh. You know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. I totally know that one. That one perks me up every time I hear it. All right. All right. Give us your mainstream top bullshit. Yeah. All right. Well, it's Silent Night. Holy shit, Dave. What? I love that song. Fuck you. Yeah, whatever. All right. Here, empirically, let me get a drum roll. All right. Uh, greatest song of all time, Christmas songs. Here it is. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. All right. Greatest of all time, huh? It's the only song that has the guts to hope for what we're all thinking. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about, let's be honest, a lot of our grandmas suck. Oh, my God. All right. Well, those are our top five of the fucking creatures and decorations and Christmas songs of Christmas. Yeah, you're welcome. Right. Now, the whole point of Christmas is Jesus. Don't you start, you now, filthy. Calm down, Steve. This is ambling through religious history, the nativity. No, this is the most filthy of- Now is the time that we run through religious history and look at all the Bullshit we can see from here, but there is more than we will ever know. You know, religion's a funny thing, and it's been an awkward sell every time it's been presented. Like the idea of a god having a human give birth to a version of himself that is a child, but also a god, so that he can sacrifice that child that is himself to himself for sins that he created himself. Let's talk about Jesus' birthday. Here we go. Once upon a time, in the land of Israel, the people lived under King Herod. I don't like kids. And many of the people did not like him. Fuck people. But the people of Israel were promised a new king. Wait, what? A divine king. I don't like that. What's this about a new king? The king said to his two servants. Yeah, talk on the street as there's a new king coming. One of them said. You're like a baby king. The other added. Well, fuck that. I'm the king. He retorted. I don't know, my lord. The people are pretty stoked. The servant said, scratching his balls. I'll show the people who the fucking king is. And in his anger, he punished his servant. Oh, what the fuck, king? Yeah, you asked. I did ask, but for answering me truthfully, we get a reward. A day off. You only have water and bread for 30 days. Oh, come on. 40 days. This isn't fair. 50 days and it's moldy bread. I bet the divine new king wouldn't be a dick about it. Moldy bread for 50 days and only five drops of water. What an asshole. Right? I heard that three drops of water. And the king stormed around his castle with a thought of a new king on his mind. There can be only one. And the quickening began. Here we are. Yeah. Born to be kings. We're the princes of the one day in Nazareth, an angel named Gabriel came to see a girl named Mary. Hello, Mary. Holy poop and angel. <laughs> or I could be tripping balls. I am the angel Gabriel. Yeah, I feel like we've done this in this series already. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. God is going to impregnate you. Wait, what? God's love is going to come into you. Right, well, I'm engaged. You're going to pick a guy named Joe over God. Oh, good point. And with Mary as the chosen vessel of God's God baby, the angel Gabriel went to Joseph, the God baby's soon-to-be stepdaddy. Hey, Joseph. The angel said, Yeah, who's there? Joseph said, waking from his slumber? I am an angel of the Lord. Okay, I knew those mushrooms looked suspicious. I'm here to tell you that your girlfriend has been chosen by God. Uh, what now? You are to be the stepfather of Jesus. Jesus? The son of God who is also God. Wait, wait, wait. God's making a baby that is himself? Yes. And he's using my fiance? You and Mary have been chosen. I imagine there'll be some financial compensation so that I don't have to be a carpenter anymore. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. And so Joseph and Mary came together. Oh, hey, Joseph. Yeah, hey, Mary. Did you hear the good news? Yeah, you're getting knocked up by the Lord. What a glorious blessing. Yeah, it'd be better if there was some cash involved, you know? What an honor. Yeah, by the way, since you're pregnant... Little bundle of divine joy. We should probably get married right quick so you're not stoned in the middle of town square. Oh, shucks. And so Mary and Joseph were married, and soon Mary could feel the effects of the God baby. Oh, hey, Joseph. <laughs> Ow! Oh, it's the vomit of the Lord's child. Divine morning sickness. 
and so Joseph and Mary prepared for their future as the baby god's parents. You would think we would get some money or something. I'm a tradesman, Mary, I got this. Then one day, the emperor, Augustus Caesar, said, well, I need to know how many people live in my kingdom. Oh, well, we'd have to count every single person. Then fucking do it. And all the people of Israel were commanded to be counted. And make everybody go back to their place of birth. And so Joseph, who was from Bethlehem, had to pack his family up and leave Nazareth to be counted. Isn't it like a long way? Fucking government. And so they began their 70-mile journey. Don't worry, Mary, I'll protect you. I mean, I'm not really worried. I have the son of God inside me. Yeah, that is the best plot armor of all time. Seriously. And so they traveled and slept outside and eventually made their way to Bethlehem. So this is where you're from, huh? Yeah, we stoned my nephew to death for being drunk right over there. Very nice. Mary and Joseph had been traveling a long time. I just want a warm bed and a bath. There's gotta be an inn around here. And they asked the local people. Yeah, excuse me, is there an inn around here? Uh, yes, there be inn. Yeah, can you give me directions? You will give me cigarettes. Yeah, I don't smoke. But whatever, you go down this road, then take a left. Just down here, then left. Yes, then you will come to Fork and Road. Okay. And the stranger confused Joseph and Mary even more. I thought you said you were from here. You don't even know where the inn is. Mary, quit busting my balls. And eventually, a nice little child pointed Mary and Joseph to the Samari Inn. Yeah, excuse me, do you have a room? Joseph said to the lady at the door. Hey, we're all full up. Jog on. No, please, ma'am. We've traveled long and far. Yeah, we're all filled up for the Pagan Orgy Festival. Oh, dear. Yeah, my hometown. <laughs> so, like I said, jog on. But Joseph was persistent. Look, there's gotta be something you can do. We've traveled a long way. Yeah, yeah, just a minute. And she went to get her husband, the owner of the establishment. What can I do for you? We've traveled long and far. We need a place to stay. My wife here is pregnant. Pregnant? Hello. Gross. Yeah, gross. Can you do something? Well, we got a stable in the back. At least you'll have a roof over your head. It is full of animals, and I haven't cleaned out the poop. It'll be fine, thank you. Yeah. And that night, the god baby Jesus was born in a stable. Oh, he's beautiful. He's perfect. Yeah, and you're not just saying that because you know it's a god baby. Yeah, would you like to cut the god baby's umbilical cord? Oh, shit. And the birth of the god baby brought out the best in everyone, even the animals. Did that duck just fluff your pillow? It sure did. Thanks, duck. Now, outside of Bethlehem, there were two shepherds talking. Why are we outside tending sheep at night? Because I do what I want. Yeah, well, tending sheep sucks in the day and at night. Yeah, quit your bitching, Arby's. My name's not fucking Arby. Hey, you too. Gabriel the angel said from the sky. Yeah, holy shit. I told you this were the funny mushrooms in the salad. I stand corrected. I am Gabriel, an angel of the Lord. Oh, he says he's an angel of the Lord. I fucking heard him, Arby's. My name's not fucking Arby's, you shit banger. Wait, what's a shit banger? Like a sausage made of poop. Oh. Quiet, you two. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. The son of God has been born. The angel declared. Wait, God had a kid? Yes. Like a mortal human kid? Yes, it is a representation of him on earth. Wait, so God's giving birth to God? Yes, look, it's not a crazy concept. Well, it's kind of hard to follow rationally. Look, the son of God is born. Go fucking see him. Okay, okay. okay. And so the shepherds were dumb fuck. People are going to think we're crazy. It's gonna be like that time we saw that unidentified flying thing. Yeah, the burning wheel. You know, I think those mushrooms are becoming a problem, right? The shepherds still shared their story to everyone they met. Then an angel came from the sky. Then what happened? It told us about a god baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, to celebrate the birth of the god baby, a brand new star was born into the universe. Hello. And from crejillions of miles away, it sat right above that stable in Bethlehem. And it was seen far in the east by a wise man. Holy shit, look at that star! He said to two other wise men he just met. Oh, I know a lot about stars. The second of the wise men said, Well, I've never seen that one before. I ain't never seen that star before, neither. Mm. The third wise man concurred. I'd say it's a sign from God. Mm -hmm. We could be witnessing a celestial event from millions of light years away. Nope, it's God. Ain't no supernova. Yeah, you're probably right. This fits the prophecy. Oh, here we go again. I just met you. Well, it's been prophecy this and that since I met you. I find the prophecy to be comforting. Mm -hmm. The new king of the earth will be born upon the birth of a star. Well, that sounds made up. I didn't make it up. I'm paraphrasing. He's just doing a paraphrase. And so the three wise men followed the star, and they traveled far from their homes in the east until they reached the city of Jerusalem. And from atop a hill, it appeared to them the magic god baby star was perched directly above the king's palace. Well, the son of God must be in the palace. Well, that makes perfect sense. I don't like the government. Mm. And so to the king's palace they went. We should probably take a shower before we go see the king. What's a shower? My 
Goldstein. Meanwhile, in the palace... I need to know more about this new king bullshit. What do you mean the new king has been born? That's what I heard. What, do they think I was born yesterday? Well, everyone's excited. Well, it's not often a new king is born. Motherfucker, I'm the only goddamn motherfucking king. Well, if we just stay calm and stay rational... Right. Maybe don't go off and kill a bunch of kids. Mm, now you're talking my language. Uh, way to go, dude. What? My, my lord, there's three wise men to see you. Oh, boy, let's hear what the so-called wise men have to say. And so they were allowed the audience of the king. I told you we should have washed our asses at least. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, what the fuck you guys want? King Harad, we followed that bright star in the sky. A star? See, I told you it wasn't a dragon. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's God's star. Oh, here we go with the prophecy. The prophecy says... I told you. Shut up, it's important. Well, I like them prophecies. The prophecy says that when a new star shines, the Messiah King will be born, and they'll save us from all the bullshit. Uh, he's just paraphrasing. I didn't memorize the whole damn prophecy. I like the prophecy. And the three wise men argued. So a god baby has been born, and he's going to become king. The king said, looking at his servants. I mean, that's what the prophecy says. That's what I remember. The servant said sheepishly. Wait, you knew about the prophecy? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, what fuck? And King Arad was mad, and the wise men were puzzled. We came to worship the new king. Where is he? Yep, you're the old king. And one of the servants answered, Well, they're in Bethlehem, man. Follow the star. And the king once again was dumbfounded. What the fuck you knew about that, too? It's word on the street, man. Mother! And so before dismissing the wise men, the king said, Hey, if you find this god baby, let me know. I'd like to meet him. But in his mind, he thought, I'm gonna murder a baby. And so the wise men left the palace. Our king is quite unhinged. He's uh, a real nut bar. I don't like the government. And so they followed the star to Bethlehem. You know, it might be possible that that star is very, very far away. Oh, yeah, then explain how we found our way to the god baby. He said as they pulled right up to the stable. Well, just a few hours ago, we thought the star was right over the palace in Jerusalem. I like the prophecy. And the three wise men presented themselves to Mary and Joseph, and they bowed before their new baby king. Ooh, god baby king of the universe, I present to you this gold. Oh, now we're talking, Mary. Oh, yes. Phew, you were not doing good in the carpentry uh, world. I my balls. Here, god baby, I brought you this, your frankincense. Oh, I love frankincense. Mm. And what did you bring the god baby, wise man? The first wise man said to the second wise man. Uh, well, uh, And searching his pockets, he quickly found. Oh, I brought this myrrh. It's, uh, it's myrrh. What the fuck is myrrh? And everyone celebrated the birth of their lord. And the three wise men never went to tell King Herod about the Jesus God baby. And that's the story of Jesus' birth. And nothing bad ever happened again. The end. I mean, amen. That was just some shit we made up on the spot about your god. Damn, the shit was not a funny, but you can't unhear what you just heard. Shit's based on a true story, though. Now, that was the true story of Jesus' birth. Oh, you piece of But we also have a series, Steve, calm down. We also have a series that's dedicated to the life of Jesus between, like, say, 18 and 30. Oh, you feel It's time-traveling Jesus, and he's talking about his birthday. Get this right, as Jesus Christ is gonna go back in time and fix our plot. It's gonna bring back the beat, the beat. Don't stop beating, cause it'll bring back the beat, the beat. Don't stop beating, cause it's Jesus Christ is time-traveling. Sure, the beat, the beat. Don't stop beating, cause it's Jesus Christ is time-traveling. Sure, the beat, the beat. Don't stop beating, cause it's time-traveling. This week on Time Traveling Jesus Shorts, it's the birthday of Jesus, or is it? And what does Jesus think about Christmas? Let's find out. Here we go. You're the coolest little shrimp of them all, buddy. Yes, you are. Cooler than those little dirt apes my dad made. There you are, Jesus. Oh, hey, Toby the Angel. Terry had a question for you, Jesus. And what was Terry's question? He wanted to know if he could stop pushing the rock up the hill. No. Okay, Jesus. But First Mammal and I have been busy making some new shrimps, huh, First Mammal? <laughs> no, First Mammal. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that was my favorite shrimp. What's the world's Okay, that one was a masterpiece, and I kind of forgot what I did. Sorry, Jesus. It's fine. Whatever. Let's go mess with Terry. And so Jesus and the gang travel to see Terry, who's been forced to push a rock up a mountain over and over and over again like Sisyphus. 
Hey, Terry. Taro. Terry. Oh, Terry. Oh. He can't hear you because he's stuck in his own hell. Oh, what's up? Fuck you, Taro. <laughs> nice first mammal. He sure is working hard. Yeah, let's snap him out of it. Boom. Uh, mm. uh, hey, Terry. Uh, where am I? You're in a desert millions of years before you were born. Hello. Hey. I've been pushing the rock for so long. Well, I'm hoping you learned your lesson. I don't know what I did wrong. Oh, shoot. Did I not tell you what you did? Was it because I didn't write things down? Yes, and the things you said about my shrimp. I'm just not a big fan of them. Okay, well, I'm done punishing you for now. Okay, thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, write this down. Okay. Yea, beeth the Lord, saith thee. Okay, saith thee. And you're writing this down. Yes, Lord. Word for word. Yes, my Lord. Because I'll know. Yes, I know. And that's what got you pushing a perpetual boulder up a mountain in the first place. I promise I'm writing it down. Thyeth be celebratingeth. My Lord. Verbatim. Celebratingeth. Ye unbirthday to thine... What? It's my birthday for me sake. Oh, happy birthday, Jesus. Yeah, well, thank you, first mammal. I forgot it was your birthday. Oh, it's okay, Toby the Angel. Lots of people forget my birthday. Well, all your followers celebrate your birthday, don't they? Yeah, they call it Christmas, or as I like to call it, Mimus. You miss Jesus? You miss. I like that, Toby the Angel. Thank you, Jesus. Merry birthday, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Terry. And thank you for not making me push the boulder up the mountain anymore. Oh, you're going back there. Wait, what? Terry, you disparaged my shrimp. I did? Don't mess with my shrimp. I'm sorry. Right, well, you're going to have some cake with us, and then it's back to the boulders. Okay. So write this down. Uh, yes, Jesus. Yay under thine holy cake. Meanwhile, in hell, Satan was planning his Christmas party as well. Who knew Satan celebrated Jesus' birthday? Let's check it out. You summoned me, my lord. Oh, hey, Azazel, Merry Christmas. Yeah. I'll be right with you. I'm putting a bunch of nuns in a wood chipper. Yes, lord. Right, bring me Mother Teresa. Yes, lord. You denied all those suffering people, even fucking aspirin. Yeah. While raking in a fortune, in you go. Oh. Nice. All right. Well, that was fun. Okay. Lucifuge, you keep the fun going. Yes, sure. All right. Walk with me, Azazel. Yes, my lord. You know about the war on heaven. Yes, Satan. And you know the odds aren't good since we're fighting the creator of the universe. It seems pretty fun. Right. Well, today is his birthday. Okay. Well, I thought I'd get him a birthday present. Why? Well, even though we're mortal enemies, we can still be somewhat civilized on days like his birthday. Why? Oh, goddamn it, Azazel. You see right through me. All right. Here's the deal. Check it out. I had Todd build this. Yes, my lord. Oh, there you are, Todd. Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, brother. Hey, what is this? Well, it's a giant statue of a shrimp, actually. Hey, okay. Now, Jesus is a big fan of shrimp. Hey, why? I have no fucking idea, but I'm going to give him this giant shrimp anyway. Okay. But the devious part, and the reason I'm talking to your stupid ass is, hey. I want you and a handful of other demons to hide inside of it and then jump out when they're least expecting it. Hey, that's a good idea. Well, it compensates for the fact that you fucking demons can't sneak for shit. Hey. Now, when I need you to sneak, yes. you're like donkeys on a snare drum. Sorry, Lord. Yeah, well, as long as you guys can keep your dumb mouths shut, this should work. So it's Trojan shrimp? Yep, Todd here made a Trojan Trojan shrimp. Yeah. Right, Todd? Yeah, it's Trojan shrimp. That's gonna work, right, Todd? Yeah, I think she works. And so now back to Jesus and First Mammal and Toby the Angel and Terry as they celebrate Jesus' birthday. I got this for you, Jesus. Oh, it's a little dead bird that you didn't eat all of. It's because I love you, Jesus. Oh, First Mammal, thank you. Can I eat the rest of the bird now, Jesus? Here you go, you little rat. I got you the Lord of the Rings extended director's cut, Jesus. You got me Lord of the Rings, Toby the Angel? Happy birthday, Jesus. I love Return of the King so much. And I got you something too, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Terry, what'd you get me? A disappointment? I'm sorry, Jesus. No, it's fine, Terry. What'd you get me? Thank you. Uh, I got you these bath towels with your name on them. Mm, wow, that's thoughtful. Hey, do you like them? Yeah, I'm the creator of the universe. That's a stupid gift. Oh. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Terry. Oh, you're welcome. Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> That's so great. By the way, I need to send you back to the boulder thing. Oh, please, no. Yeah, I'm just capricious like that. I thought we were going to have cake. Yeah, first mammal and Toby the angel and myself are going to have cake, but you, sir, yeah. you could eat the shrimp. Oh, I don't want to eat the shrimp, Jesus. Eat the poop and shrimp, Terry. I don't want to eat the shrimp. If you eat the shrimp, I won't make you push the boulder. Really? Eat the shrimp, Terry. Oh. Hey, look what just came for your birthday, Jesus. Oh, my me, it's a giant statue of a shrimp. That's a big shrimp. I like the taste of shrimp, Jesus. Everybody likes shrimp except for Terry. It's a texture. 
onion flavor thing. Eat the meat darn shrimp, Terry. Oh, but it's looking at me. What do you want me to do with the giant statue of the shrimp, Jesus? I'm not really sure who sent it. Says North Pole. Oh, is this from Santa? I don't know, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Yes, First Mammal. Don't you know everything? I do know everything, yes. How come you ask us questions then? That's a good question, First Mammal. I'm bored. Okay, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, look. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's demons. Oh, my gosh. You knew demons were hiding in there. My life is the video game with all the cheat codes on. I see. See, watch this. I'll shrink all the demons' heads. Boom. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't like this. Now I'll give them baboon booties. Boom. <laughs> I've got the rainbow ass. Right, let's make a zazel there just like a piece of cheese. Boom. <laughs> if you can do anything you want, what is the point of any of this? Terry? Oh, crap. Yes, Lord. Do you want me to turn you into cheese? No, thank you, Lord. Do you want to go back to pushing the boulder up the mountain? Oh, please, no. Then eat the shrimp, Terry. No, they eat Now, before we finish this bitch off with a classic Christmas story, <laughs> Steve's nearly tuckered himself out. They just cunt. Yeah, yeah. Before we get to the end, this is Angus Blackburn Jr. reading a story to his kids. Poor chitrits. It's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Welcome to Angus Blackburn Jr.'s Bedtime Stories. And Angus will be your daddy. Now open your fucking ears and shut your face holes. And if you have an imagination, you know, light that shit up. Alright, shut your pacifier shoots. It's story time. Yeah, we want mom to tell Where your mama don't love you no more, so I'm telling it. Alright, since it's Christmas, it's time to tell you the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You heard that one before? Yeah. Alright, good. Here, once upon a time, there was a deer. His name was Rudolph, but something was fucked up about him. What's wrong? It was his stupid nose. What's wrong with his nose? Instead of a normal reindeer snot vent, old Rudolph was born with a light bulb on his face. Wait, what? Yep. That's it, not right. It's the story. It's how it goes. Okay. There was a big fucking red light on his face. And boy, it looked like shit. The other reindeer made fun of him pretty good. Mm. And he was refused entrance into the reindeer games. Oh, and he would often go home to his parents and cry. Mommy, daddy. He would whine to his mommy and daddy deer. Why won't the other deer play with me? And the father deer said, it's because you're different, you weirdo. You should conform yourself to the others. And so they painted Rudolph's nose black. And slowly but surely, Rudolph was able to kind of just hang out with the other deer. Yeah. yeah, but he was awkward. And the other deer had already kind of formed a bunch of cliques. And then a bunch of shit happened, blah, blah, blah. Reindeer high school. Rudolph has to go to the prom with his mom. Then after high school, Rudolph gets a job at the gas station. Then he starts a band with a polar bear, a penguin, and an abominable snowman. They've got a rehearsal space, but they're not very good. Rudolph kind of dabbles in drugs a bit. And the world just keeps on spinning, Chetron, you know? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, Rudolph takes the paint off his nose. And he's like, fuck it, I'm me. And the other reindeer are like, well, you suck. And Rudolph never got invited to shit. And hell, it was even hard for him to get a job. And like all lead singers of bands, if he hadn't had a girlfriend, he would have been homeless. Lucky for him, he was hung like a reindeer. What? Now, Rudolph's life was kind of going to shit. His band broke up and his girlfriend threw him out on Christmas Eve, no less. Mm. And just while Rudolph was at his lowest, fixing to drown his woes in a bottle of Ripple, he got a call from Santa himself. Santa. Santa said, hey, you still got that dumb nose? And Rudolph was like, yeah. So Santa said, you should guide my sleigh tonight. And then how the reindeer loved him. And he shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is only loved when it's convenient. And Rudolph led that fucking sleigh so good. Yeah. And he got all the presents to the good girls and boys. Yay, and then afterwards, he got some notoriety for his band, and they toured around the North Pole. Yeah. But eventually, drugs got to him, man. It really did. Mm. Forced him into an early retirement. And although he was able to live off the residuals of his autobiography, The Rudolph Story, My Life with a Red Light Bulb on My Face, with a forward by Blitzen. But old Rudolph never really found his place in the world after that one night. He did get a gig as a spokesperson for a local Ford Mercury dealership, but he ended up fading into obscurity. And it's said that one night, Rudolph went into the woods drunk, mm. and he was shot and killed by the same son of a bitch that killed Bambi's mom. And he was processed into some pretty decent steaks, jerky, and sausage. <laughs> the end. And they didn't 
didn't like that. Merry Christmas, Chipton. Now go to bed. Ugh. And so for our final full-length holiday classic skit scat. No more. It's the cast of Scatcast doing Frosty the Snowman. This was on this Tuesday show. It's a fucking holiday collection, Steve. It's fucking a bonus episode, Steve. Come on. Lazy. Frosty the Snowman, go. It's Scott Kessner's Three Rides. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, Merry Chris Kwanzaa, you stinky eggnog suckers. Hey. Are you ready for a story about magic? Yeah. They're talking snowman. Yeah. And the story of a little girl who steals her parents' credit card and then goes on a cross-country trip to the North fucking Pole. All because of a likely satanic hat? Yeah. yeah. Good, because that's what we made for you. Now shut the fuck up. I suppose it all started with the snow. You know that first snow of the year? The snow that you actually like? As any children can tell you, there's a certain magic to the very first snow. Especially when it falls on the day before Christmas. Our story begins in the seventh grade class of Mrs. Bola Chili. Class, sit down. Mrs. Bola Chili said, smacking her desk with the same ruler that she smacked little Chitron's knuckles with. The snow can wait. Now, now, I've hired Professor Hinkle here, the magician, to entertain you, so give him some attention. But Mr. Hinkle seemed like a real douche and also happened to suck ass at magic. Hello, Chitron's, Professor Hinkle said behind a table of magic crap. Now, for my first trick, I'm going to put the magic eggs into my magic hat. And he did. Then I say the magic words, hibbity-bibbity. And instead of a bunny rabbit that he intended to have pop out of the hat, oh, shit. the broken raw eggs yeah. oozed from the hat and onto the table and the chitrons groaned. <laughs> little mess, I just... <laughs> the magician was flustered and he looked around for the rabbit. Hocus Pocus, you little shit, where the fuck... He cursed under his breath. <laughs> but Hocus Pocus the rabbit didn't like Professor Hinkle. Who's a cunt? The little talking rabbit said to the audience. Now as the flustered magician tried to gather himself, the bell rang and them chitrons got the fuck out of there. Oh, come back, I was gonna saw the rabbit in half. And then disappointed, he turned to Mrs. Bola Chili and said, Do you mind if I have a drink? And she smiled and said, It's 1969, I'm drunk right now. Then he had to swig off some hooch and toss the hat into the garbage. This fucking hat never works on you. He what? said, pointing at Hocus Pocus. You know you can replace the chicken in chicken noodle soup with rabbit, don't you? He said menacingly. Oh, no. And Hocus Pocus cowered and did that little submissive urination thing. You're mean. Shut up, get in the crate. But Hocus Pocus didn't get in the crate. Instead, he ran to the garbage can and grabbed a hat out of it. What the fuck are you doing? And then sprinted out the classroom into the playground. Come back here, you free little fuck ass. He yelled down the hallway of the middle school. Professor Hankel. Mrs. Bola Chili said scoldingly. We all want to yell curse words at the children's, but please refrain. Right, right, sorry. He said, running out into the playground. Bring me my hat back, you piss wit. But meanwhile, the children were enjoying the snow. Stick your tongue on the pole. No way. And while some kids tempted each other to do stupid things, others were building a snowman. Karen, you make the head. You're the smartest. You're right. I am the smartest. Karen said, assembling the pieces of the face. The head is the most difficult part. Everyone knows that. Her parents were big deals. My parents are big deals. And so when she was done assembling the face, perfect. She commanded two sixth graders to place the head that she had made on top of the shoulders of the new snowman. Wow, what a great snowman. What should we call him? I think we should call him Clifford. Call him Roger. And the children started to argue over the name. No, let's call him Harold. No, let's call him Frosty. Oh, yeah, Frosty. I said Clifford, so it should be Clifford. Little Karen said. Let's name it Ringo. I said fucking Clifford. But despite Karen's incessant Cliffording, the children all seemed to like Frosty the best. That is stupid. Except for Karen, who didn't like things that didn't go her way. My parents are a big deal. Because her parents are a big deal. Like a huge deal. And the children stepped back and looked at their creation. Now that's a fucking snowman. Why does it have to be a snowman? That's just a snow person right now. Then they argued on how to gender the snow person. Meanwhile, little Timmy grabbed the carrot nose and shoved it in the snowman's crotch. Now it's a snowman. But was it? No one really knows. But they did give old Frosty a corncob pipe. And only bushy-eyebrowed, big-bearded assholes smoke out of a corncob pipe. Everyone knows that. That's true. And so they agreed that Frosty was a man. In addition to the corncob pipe and the carrot dick, Karen's snowman face had a button nose now and two eyes made of coal. I think old Clifford here. It's Frosty. Whatever, he's missing something. And at that moment, they could hear Professor Hinkle yelling, Come back here, you butt wipe for bears! And at that moment, Hocus Pocus the rabbit jumped up on top of the shoulders of the snowman. Oh. Place that top hat upon Frosty's head. Ooh.
fucking happy birthday. Frosty said coming alive. Oh my god, you guys. Karen said addressing the blown away Chitrins. I think I made the snowman come to life. She deludified. It wasn't you, it was the hat. Chitrin number two retorted. Yeah, the hat must be magic. Chitrin number three proclaimed. It's fucking magic. Little Timmy concurred. Whatever. Karen wasn't convinced that it wasn't her that brought it to life. I mean, my parents are a pretty big deal. She thought to herself. And all the Chitrins were excited about the magic new snowman. But Professor Hinkle didn't give a shit. Magic, my hat. He was blown away by the thought. I mean, I got it at Sears. But it was obvious. Dude, just look. The snowman danced around. Yeah, why is my dick out? And one of the Chitrin found a welcome mat to cover his shame. Thank you. But now that Professor Hinkle had seen that his hat was actually magic. Give me my fucking magic hat back. He had dollar signs in his ass. No more terrible Chitrin's birthday parties. He thought to himself, kind of shivering. Oh, give it to me now. But Karen wasn't about to have that shit. It's not yours anymore. You threw it away. She said, somehow knowing that. Don't you dare talk back to your elders, you naughty, naughty little girl. But little Karen didn't back down. Get fucked, boomer. She said, stepping to him. Oh my. Professor Hinkle's parents would have punched him in the face ten times for saying that shit. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And that's why it's a dick. Yeah, probably. But these were little children. So Professor Hinkle asserted himself and grabbed that hat right off Frosty's head. No, you're killing me. And Professor Hinkle turned to his bunny rabbit and he said, You better get in your fucking crate or there's no carrots for Christmas. Professor Hinkle said, looming over the little bunny and not knowing that bunnies don't actually eat carrots very much. You're mean. And Hocus Pocus reluctantly went back into his pet kennel. This all happened in an instant. And needless to say, the Chitrins weren't happy about it. You can't take that hat. One little Chitrin bellowed. Yeah, it brought Frosty to life. Another Chitrin said with a nose full of Frosty bugs. I didn't see shit. The professor said denyingly. Yes, you did. Don't gaslight us, dick. Karen said, trying to figure out who his manager was. Frosty totally claimed alive. The talking rabbit in the cage said, Shut your ween tube, rabbit. The professor said aggressively. And we all saw Clifford come to life, didn't we, guys? Karen said to her classmates. It's Frosty, Karen. And yes, we did. And all the Chitrin agreed. Give us the hat back. Karen demanded. <laughs> but the old man's demeanor changed. You silly little dumb fucks believe everything you see. When you grow up, you'll realize that snowmen can't come to life. It fucking talked to us. Yeah. Dumb fucking idiots, the lot of you. Don't worry, Frosty. We don't care what dumb grown-ups say. We know you did come to life. Said one of the Chitrin eating a carrot somehow. Yeah, we know. We just know. Said Karen running up to the snowman and hugging it, but gently, because her shit was, you know, nice. The shit's expensive. And then I broke into song for some reason. Here I go, here I go. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a nurse fairy rhyme, they say. He was made of snow, but the chitrons know how he came to life and shit. Yeah. Now, of course, legally, that hat did belong to Frosty and the Chitrin. It's kind of important. It's under the finder's keeper's law. Just go find a slimy rock, turn it over, and ask an attorney near you. Hey, come on. Therefore, while in the car traveling away, Hocus Pocus was entirely justified in what he was about to do. I got a magic hat. I'm going to be rich. The professor said to himself, but old Hocus Pocus figured out how to bust out of the kennel cab. And so he stole that magic hat. And he jumped the fuck out the window, and he tucked and rolled and shit. And after he got done rolling, he raced back to the Chitrin as fast as he could. Meanwhile, them Chitrin were still gathered around the dead snow. Man. Look, the rabbit's back. Karen said. And he brought the hat. A nameless Chitrin said. And the little rabbit gave the hat to one of the Chitrin. Thanks, little bunny. Yeah. Give me that shit. Karen said, appointing herself ambassador to Frosty. Damn. And then she placed that top hat upon his head. Happy birthday! Where's my dick? And the Chitrin all watched in awe as the snow creature had its first thoughts. Seriously, what happened to my dick? But that thought faded as he noticed he could move. Wait, snowmen can't talk? How can I talk? And I can dance? Yeah. Check the ass. Check it. Yeah. I can juggle? Check this shit out. Kids, can you do that? No. He said, Juggling balls made out of his snowy flesh. Holy shit, I think therefore I am. He said, although he wasn't sure. I can even count one, two, three, four, five, nine, six, eight. Not wrong. The Chitrin <laughs> laughed at him. Hey, I can count to five and that's more minutes than I've been alive. Come on. But it was true, he was alive. I'm fucking alive. And the Chitrin were ecstatic. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy, you know. And the Chitrin danced and 
being cheered with the snowman. And again, I was compelled to sing. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. For when they placed it on his head, he began to get the fuck down. Get the fuck down. Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be. And the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and some other cunts that you know here. We know how all fun times must come to an end. I'm not feeling very good, Frosty said, grabbing his stomach and bending over. What is it, Frosty? Do you have to poop? Karen asked. No, it's getting fucking hot. Frosty said, sweating beady little eye sweat beads. Is there a thermometer around here, some shit? And little Karen pointed to the wall. Over there, Clifford. Yeah, I'm going with Frosty, okay? Whatever. Frosty looked at the thermometer. Oh, I was afraid of that. What is it, Frosty? A random chitron asked. Look, I'm made of snow. It gets hot when that thing gets red. So then what happens? What do you mean, then what happens? Then I fucking melt and die. And all the chitron started to cry. <laughs> now, now, kids, calm down. And so one of the chitron smashed that dirty-ass thermometer. You're killing Frosty. And then Karen had a bright idea. You have to go somewhere where you'll never melt. Yeah, what, like the North Pole or some shit? Frosty said flippantly. That's exactly fucking where. Little Karen said. Yeah, okay, but how? Frosty turned out his little snowman pockets, realizing he didn't have any snowman money. I've got you. She said, pulling out a couple of her parents' credit cards and a big wad of cash. What? Your mom's gonna put you in juvie again. Shut up, dick. And so the Chitron marched their way towards the train station, having themselves a parade. And you know that makes a guy like me want to break it down. Frosty the snowman knew the sun was hard as fuck. So he said, let's run and we'll have some fun before I die in the streets, you cunts. He said, down to the village with the broomstick in his hand running here and there fucking everywhere saying catch me if you can bitches and so frosty and their little parade was going downtown but the problem was they had never got a proper permit you guys hold it right there a police officer said what is it officer the snowman asked and without batting an eye at this talking snowman because this cop had seen some shit he said you gotta have a permit to have a parade and you're jaywalking wait i'm jaywalking over here don't you see the crosswalk what's a crosswalk right there on the street what's the street the thing that you're fucking illegally walking on right now what are all those things. Poor Frosty asked, not knowing much about the world. What, do you want a ticket, smartass? And Frosty immediately answered, I'd love one to the North Pole, please. What the fuck is wrong with you, snowman? The policeman asked, tapping on his little baton thingy and his utility belt. You gotta excuse him, sir. Oh, yeah. You see, he just came to life like mm. ten minutes ago. Yeah, he's an ignoramus. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, he's okay. dumb like a baby. I'm not a baby, I know some things. And after hearing the pleas from the chitrons, the officer said, Oh, I see this magic-talking snowman just became a magic-talking snowman. You got it. Oh, well, that's crazy. Welcome to living. Yeah, it's been weird. Yeah, it gets weirder. Tight. All right, you kids, move along. And so they did move along. And then the police officer realized that he'd just seen a talking snowman. Talking snowman! And he swallowed his whistle and died. Then the Chitron approached the ticket man at the railroad. Yeah, we'd like one ticket, please, for the North Pole. Okay, North Pole, let me see. The ticket man said, not looking up from his books. Well, see, I can route you by the way of Saskatchewan through Hudson Bay. We can go through Nome, Alaska. Then you're going to go through the Klondike. You can see the Aurora Borealis. Very nice this time of year. Mm, okay. Then we'll run you up through Nanook of Northville. Oh, that sounds lovely. And that'll be $3,000.04, including tax. The ticket man said. You can just put that on my credit card. Little Karen said, handing her parents' credit card over to the man. Very good, ma'am. But the card didn't go through. It didn't go through. But my parents are very important. Karen protested, but what she didn't know was, $3,000 was a fuckload of money back then. Doesn't seem like much today because governments print too much fucking money. I guess, read the script. Right, sorry, inflation is bad. Okay, I guess. It's a mean-ass tax on the poor. Would you read the fucking script this Christmas? Right, so they couldn't buy a ticket. It's okay, kids, Frosty said. It just means I'm gonna die painfully and slowly in front of you. Oh, Frosty, no. And the children were sad, but then the talking bunny rabbit, which nobody's making a big deal out of for some reason, said, What about that refrigerator car? He said, pointing at a refrigerated train car. That's it, talking rabbit. Good job. A random chitron 
said. No, I'm reoccurring. I'm going to be safe. He said as he noticed that the train was going to the North Pole conveniently enough. Yay. I'm so glad I saw the refrigerator train car so we could save Clifford. Karen said, pissing off at least three of the group. Oh. And so Frosty got inside the refrigerator car. There's cookies and cakes in here. He said, not having a tongue nor a stomach. Scrooge over, Frosty. Karen said as she jumped up next to him. What, are you going to go to the North Pole too, little kid? Fuck yeah, fuck my parents. She said, teen angstedly, and that deserves some singing. Frosty the snowman had to hurry on his way. Buddy, wave goodbye, saying, don't you cry, Hans, because I'll be back again someday. But little did they know, Professor Hinkle had stashed himself on board the train. I'm going to get my hat back from that weird-ass snowman, them chitrin, and that shit-for-brains rabbit. And he chuckled to himself maniacally. (laughs) But he wasn't super healthy, so it was kind of awkward. Whatever. Now, a refrigerator boxcar is a kick-ass way to travel if you're a snowman. This is fucking great. It's also pretty kick-ass if you're a furry-ass rabbit. I brought out some coffee. But it's goddamn not ideal if you're a human child. Oh, God, oh, fuck. She sneezed. Oh, shit, are you cold, Kevin? Frosty thought, and then he thought about it again. Ah, shit, Kevin, of course you're cold. Even with the rabbit being a cute little cuddle guy on her lap, she was still freezing. I'll be fine. But she was actually turning blue. I think this dying, Frosty. Yeah, we should probably get out of here. And when the train stopped for passengers to rest, they got out and never got back in. And as the train went on down the tracks, Professor Hinkle saw them get off the train and was like, Ah, oh, shit, they, damn it, they tricked me! And the only thing that Professor Hinkle could do was make a jump for it. Yeah, shit. And so he did. Ah. And he broke his hip, three ribs, probably his ankle, and maybe four or five fingers. And Frosty and the gang, they watched it all happen. Run, kids. Come back, I'm hurt. The professor pleaded, but Frosty wanted to get as far away from Hinkle as he could. Seriously, I'm seriously hurt. <laughs> Probably internal stuff. But they left him to die. Fuck that guy. But the woods through which they traveled were no better than the Frosty boxcar. <sighs> oh, shit. Rabbit, look. Garen's gonna die if we don't warm her up. Frosty said to the rabbit. I got this. And so the rabbit gets on top of a stump. My fellow animals. And he gives this great speech about, you know, we gotta build a campfire for this fucking little girl before she dies because she's got a great big heart and Christmas and some shit. And so the animals all came together and built a big fire. And Frosty petted the bunny on the head for saving the day. You're a good shit. Oh, thanks. I'm still quite cold and actually kind of hungry. She said, looking at the rabbit, kind of licking her lips. Oh, shit. But then a squirrel came down from the tree and whispered into Hocus Pocus's ears. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I know how to get you to the North Pole and you're back home, said the little rabbit. Yeah, I'd like to go home now. Karen said with a frozen tear in her eye. How the fuck are you going to do that, rabbit? Santa Claus! And so the animals got word to Santa, and Frosty the rabbit and Karen waited. But before Santa could arrive, from out of the bushes sprang Professor Hinkle. Oh, look at you, little thieving fucks. He said, all bloody and limping. And you, you little traitor. He said, pointing at Hocus Pocus. Musa. You, sir. I'm going to put you in a stew. And Hinkle pulled out a giant knife. Now you're going to give me that fucking hat, or I'm going to have to cut you. The problem with Hinkle is that he didn't know nothing about the anatomy of a snowman. Karen. Frosty. Get on my shoulders. Karen. You see, snowmen were made of snow. And since snow is also made of snow, he was able to travel pretty well on his belly in the snow. Kind of like a sled. In fact, he was fast as fuck. Okay, and old Henko was in there snowy dust in no time. And then somewhere deep in those woods, the three of them came across to Greenhouse. Hey, look, Karen. I'm so cold. No, hang on, Karen. He said, knowing that the greenhouse was warm as he could see the flowers still growing. Clifford, no, you'll melt. Karen said, I'm not going by Clifford, Karen, and I can stay in for a couple minutes. No, you'll melt. I've been meaning to trim down a little bit. And so the three of them walk in. But Hinkle had fallen his way down the hill as a big snowball, I guess, like cartoons do, you know. I hurt so bad. But he was determined to make the little chitron pay and to get that hat back. So he came up to the greenhouse and they slammed the door. <laughs> now I've got you, you little fucks. And the moment you've melted, the hat will be mine. But the greenhouse was pretty 
was dirty and I actually couldn't hear what he was saying. Uh, what the fuck is he saying? I don't know, but it's probably stupid and it's going to be about me dying, I think. Who's a cunt? Now, eventually, Santa would arrive, oh. but was it too late? Oh, oh. Santa opened up the door and it was too late. Oh, Clifford. Little Karen cried over a puddle of her friend. Oh, Frosty the snowman was as dead as dead could be. He was a puddle of shit. On the floor of a place in the middle of nowhere, fuck. That's terrible. Truth hurts sometimes, Dave. Whatever, read the script. So Frosty died, and Karen cried, because Santa was busy piling around with Batman. Ho ho, he's teaching me how to throw ninja stars, Santa said. And I'm not too late, ho ho! And in a nanosecond, Frosty was back. Happy birthday, where's my dick? But oh, there was still Hinkle. Give me that hat or I'll cut all of you! He said with bones sticking out of his own flesh. Ho ho, what are you doing, Hinkle? Santa said, pulling his candy cane beat stick out of his utility belt. That hat's mine, Santa! That's not how I understand. Standard, ho ho. Santa ho ho. I'm taking what's mine, Santa. I'm your hucklebearer, ho ho. And the two adults stared at each other. It was mine from the beginning. You threw it out. Karen plated. If you so much as lay a finger on the brim, ho ho, you'll never bring you another Christmas present as long as you live. And Hinkle's face softened and then turned to fear. You mean never ever? Ho ho. No more pornographic trading cards or bottles of various hooch? Absolutely not. No ho, ho. more blow up dolls and butt beer? Ho ho, Santa's bringing you nothing. All right, I'm sorry, I'll be good. Ho ho, that's not all. What must I do, Santa? Santa leaned over and whispered in the man's here. I need you to kill an elf. What? Santa's not fucking around. My lead elf has a dossier for you. Ho ho. Santa, my body's broken. Oh yeah. Ho ho. <laughs> Wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah, go get the dossier, ho. Yeah, I bet you didn't see that coming. I'm an elf assassin for Santa now. Yeah, twists like that are hard to see because they're stupid. Oh, calm down. And so I felt the need to sing. Frosty the snowman is a nurse very rum, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how it came to life and shit. And so Santa took Karen home and made ready to bring Frosty back to the North Pole. Now, Karen hated to say goodbye to Frosty. I'm gonna miss you, Clifford. You didn't learn shit from this, did you? No, my parents are very important. Her parents were very important. But every year, Frosty would return with the magical Christmas snow. And every year when the magic-talking Iceman would come, many of the townsfolk would protest because it was some pagan satanic shit, obviously. What the fuck is going on with that hat? But the truth inspires your narrator to sing. Oh, thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, look at that Frosty go. Yeah. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, make sure you fart this. Yeah. And with Frosty the Snowman and Santa and Batman, Christmas was safe to be celebrated. Unless you adhere to the Bible very strictly and in that case, you are probably mortified. Probably seems like end of days. Happy Christ Kwanzaa. And that shit one was Frosty the Snowman. Clifford the Snowman. No, his name's not fucking Clifford. Oh. Now, the moral of this story is that when a person does the right thing and goes above and beyond for another, magic things and talking animals will come help you. And that's an excellent foundational understanding of how the world works. See you next time. And now that's our first ever Scatcast Christmas collection. I did not find that enjoyable. Right, well, Merry Christmas to all of you from all of us at Scatcast. We love our trusted turd triad of Don, Chris, and Bodie. Hey. You can find all three of them in our shitbox on Facebook or in our Discord. Memeage. Also, thanks to the Facebook groups, The Godhead. But just a little bit, not enough to get us in trouble. Yeah, there's something going on. But we're kind of little underground shit stirrers ourselves, so we appreciate you smearing the scat. Also, thanks to the garbage disposal, Alan, for doing all his spreading of the scat. Smearing the scat? Whatever you guys do with scat. What are we doing here? Thank you to Mrs. Scriptkeeper for all the things that she is. She's the best thing in the entire universe, as far as I'm concerned. Get a room. Thank you for all the groups that are out there the smearing of the emotionals, the team scat. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Terrible. Info at scatcast.com gets you a hold of us. Why? Scatcast.com has all the stuff. No, thank you. Patreon.com forward slash scatcast helps you join our movement to make cartoons and to do other things like pay bills and stuff. So, uh, yeah. No, thanks. Whatever. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Chris Kwanzaa. Rude. Happy Toyotathon. Less rude. And we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like a present, like a Christmas present, Steve. Ah! Oh. <laughs> 
Bing bong. Ho, ho. I worked on Christmas.